UPS, powered by Sad. Welcome to Radio Primavera Sound. Uh, today we welcome South London's finest post-punk band, Goat Girl. Uh, we're going to be talking to them about their rather wonderful new album, On All Fours. Today on Radio Primavera Sound, we welcome two members of South London's finest post-punk band, Goat Girl, lead vocalist and guitarist Clotty Cream and drummer Rosie Bones. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Yeah, we're good. As good as could be. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was going to ask, where are you? Are you in South London at the moment? Yeah, we're, we both are actually in the same house, but yeah. we refuse to be in the same room as each other. <laughs> Lottie's up there, <laughs> and yeah. I'm down here. <laughs> Do you all live together? No. Just us two. We oh. were going to at one point, <laughs> and then we decided against it. <laughs> I love bands that live together. It always reminds me of the Monkees or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You kind of end up just sort of, I guess, like becoming the same person. Just do like mm. everything together. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, that's good. I like it. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you, I lived um, in South London for many happy years. And when, whenever I read about you, it mentions that you're um, a South London band rather than a London band. Um, and people who don't live in London probably won't know, but there's always a big rivalry between North and South London and people love talking about it for years um for you i mean it's important that you're from south london i mean does it make a big difference for you being from the south rather than mm. london as a whole yeah i mean i think you always talk about your own turf and how like much better it is than the other um without really like knowing much about the other um <laughs> but yeah i mean south is definitely like impacted me I think the green spaces is a big one for me like I love being able to like go and walk in nice places and um I don't know I feel like there's a real communal spirit like where we live especially in Lewisham and just like the history behind the place as well it's like really important um politically wise and um like yeah I think there's a load of different factors as to why I am really proud to live in southeast and have grown up here and um, yeah yeah i think another thing though like with i don't know because i guess we're sort of like uh, from the windmill brixton but um the people that play there like frequent there a lot come from like everywhere as well like it's mm-hmm. not really like oh you have to be from this place to come to this place like um, people from like all over London will like come there and like kind of from like all over the country as well. It's like a very welcoming place sort of thing. How important is the windmill for you? Because again, that's another thing that comes up quite often when people talk about you. Yeah, it's pretty important. It's like yeah. where I met um, Lottie and Naima and like sort of joined the band and also kind of where we met Holly, the new bass player as well. Um, and where I've made like so many of my friendships now, it's just yeah, mm. it needs to be protected. Yeah, we were saying as well before, like um, the windmill is a place that kind of 
offers opportunities to people um, regardless of your like qualifications and how skilled you are. It's about like giving people a chance to kind of like um, develop their passions, you know, whether you be a musician or a sound engineer or an artist, photographer, you know, it's like a safe space to develop those skills. And um, I don't, yeah, it's not like many places offer those kind of opportunities. It's just like a very kind of casual place that exists. That's like a really needed space, you know, for a lot of people. Without being too depressing, I mean, is it gonna, do you think it's gonna survive this current situation with no live music for, you know, the best part of a year, if not even longer? Well, it's under a lot of threat at the moment. Like it's been named one of the 30 venues in London that could close basically. Um, and there's crowdfunders like to try and save it. Um, yeah, so it is it's very worrying and scary. And it like, yeah, it just basically needs to survive like, cause so many people depend on it, you know? Yeah. I mean, do you think London as a whole will um, get back to the, the state it once was, you know, with, with so many places for bands to play, places for bands to meet, places for people to hang out. Does that, does that worry you? I mean, yeah, I think even before the pandemic, like it was already really hard for people and for like independent music venues. And then like the pandemic has just highlighted all of these things, like not even just like music venues, but like inequalities in general, just like in everyday life as well. Um, and yeah, for something that was already not very stable, it's become even less stable but I think people will yeah always find a way to um be creative and talking of the pandemic um you presumably recorded your new album on all fours during the pandemic is that right no <laughs> yeah we did it like this time last year so we'd been writing for it for like maybe a year or so and then re-recorded late October last year um, and mastered it pretty much a week before lockdown so it's just been like finished and ready to go kind of thing but yes. it means that like we've been able to like we've been granted a lot of time to think about all the other aspects of the band you know the art side of things um, the kind of admin side of things like how we want to be portrayed and just writing like we've been writing all our like PR stuff we've been I don't know just a lot more involved with every part of the band and what it takes to be in it you know like yeah does that mean you've got like a whole new load of songs ready to go or do you have you just as you say been mm. concentrating on yeah the other aspects of the band We've kind of been, yeah, spending the time, a lot of the time, yeah, doing those other elements around on all fours, but um, we've all been like writing individually kind of over this time and making our own music. And then, yeah, I think, yeah, at some point we'll all be able to come together and um, try it for album three. <laughs> but album two sounds like a big, a big uh, step forward for me. Like it sounds a lot more, um 
confident maybe I don't know um mm. there's a lot of synths there's a lot of really big melodies um personally and I don't know why I can hear a lot of stereo lab in there yeah. for a band I love I mean did you consciously try to make something different or was did that did that just come um well I think those influences began to have more of a kind of like impact, like on me, for instance, with like broadcast and stereo lab, like I was listening to them. I've been listening to them for a while, um, probably also before the first album was made, but I think I've always wanted to go into that kind of direction of sound. And um, the first album was just kind of getting down those songs that had already existed from when we were, when I was like 15 or something. Um, but I think we always wanted to like take that sound into a new kind of like developed context of more of a kind of electronic context. Um, and yeah, so we had that in mind, but I don't think it necessarily was what we were like seeking out to achieve. It wasn't like, oh, we now have to make like a synth album. It was more like actually just that it naturally progressed in that way. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of the songs like kind of originated from the synth and um, just like the different sounds that we would come across, maybe they would be like happy accidents as well. And that would kind of like actually create the basis of the song that, songs that exist now. So um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can hear um, a certain sort of vulnerability in there. Would you agree? Mm. It's a lot more exposed, like quite, like a bit more personal. Yeah. What would yeah, you there's like. Down? Sorry. I was just what, going to say, what would you put that down to, really? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think um, maybe more time to like reflect on things um, and to like really think about like language and I don't know, for me anyway, like reading. Um, and just like, I don't know, my life changing and reflecting on that. Um, I think lyrically with the first album, it was kind of, I don't know, a load of songs that had all sort of been written in the same time period as well. And were all very like reactionary and like angry, which was rightfully so, you know, the anger of like, how the world is and the state of the world um, and the kind of social commentary about that. Um, and I think, yeah, still trying to retain that, but also to maybe make it a bit more like surreal and abstract and poetic. Um, and that was my take on lyrics anyway. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, please go on. Um, I was just gonna say like, I, I guess with the way we wrote it as well, like we would just spend really like quite extended periods of, periods of time together where we were sort of sort of like living together as well and just having that um comfortability with each other I think like made everyone um feel like yeah we could write about these things and talk about these things it's like a safe space um, yeah I, I wanted to ask about about the lyrics particularly on sad cowboy um and uh, apparently the lyrics, I think it, it said you felt like you were living in a bad dream. Um, 
But bear in mind that these are lyrics, uh, th this is from the press release that has been translated into Spanish and I then uh, translated back into English. Um, <laughs> but I'm quite surprised because that, that to me struck me as very sort of uh, a pandemic kind of lyric, um, whereas actually it was written a long time before. Um, how, how did these sort of emotions come about in this song? Um, I think it was a sort of a metaphorical sense of living in a bad dream, but also like quite literally living in one. Um, like I was kind of going through a lot of like mental health stuff and I've kind of felt like a bit of an outsider and like I didn't really understand the goings on like outside the physical space of my room. Um, I couldn't really feel connected to that to it. But then also in a kind of more general sense, like I feel like that does also speak to a lot of people in the way that society is and like everything does feel really surreal and kind of unattainable um and yeah I don't know it just does feel like a weird sort of nightmare that you're living out um so it was it's kind of like a weird one it was like yeah quite literal but then also like yeah I don't really know it's a load of different meanings I guess I'm interested as well that it's called um, sad cowboy. Uh, it always strikes me as quite interesting when sort of British bands use the word cowboy, like because it's such a sort of typically uh, American image. I mean, again, it strikes me as something not very British. Was, uh, was there again something you were trying to convey with that particular? Mm, I don't really know. I don't think the name really encapsulate what encapsulates what the song is about. About. I think it's more about what the song sounds like and that was kind of just how we referred to the song because it didn't ha have a title for ages um, and I don't think the song actually had lyrics for a while as well so we'd kind of associate it with the sound of it and it kind of did have this like upbeat kind of like someone riding a horse vibe to it <laughs> um, but it also had like a kind of nostalgia and sadness almost um, and yeah, I think it just like conjured up those feelings and those images in our head. And I think that's also like how we work. It's like in a very visceral way, um, trying to create all these like ideas, um, and characters and representations of things through like, like images. And I think that kind of is conveyed in the lyrics as well. strike me as a band um, that's a bit like a gang in a way um, very sort of united I mean you've got you've got pseudonyms um, is that fair I mean do you do you feel very much like a unit in, in everything you do yeah definitely I think like just because we are just all so close as well um, but the thing with like this album now and everything that comes with it it is all very like within the family like I don't know um like the artwork and the videos um and like the photos we've wanted to just and like people playing like trumpet and violin viola on the album is all like our friends and family um and just yeah creating that community like where everyone kind of like can input something to the project if they like um 
is yeah something that I think we really like and just yeah working with people that we like um, yeah one of my favorite songs on the new album the new album um is called jazz in the supermarket um <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> to have nothing to do with jazz or supermarkets <laughs> it's literally like how we come up with titles it just doesn't make any sense but that one yeah. was quite funny like um we wrote that when we were in dan's like second studio like he was like let us um basically use his studio for like a few weeks and we kind of like lived there um but it was in like the height of summer um and there's like no sort of like air coming through and we were all just like there on the first night and just like we all just had to get like naked because it was so hot and then we just like started like playing this thing like over and over again like the, the two sort of sections just like doing it for like hours and hours um and yeah so it kind of came from that kind of madness Again, something else that, that comes up, um, it seems very often when people uh, are talking about you, and I'm, I'm sorry to bring it up again, but I'm, I'm going to, is that uh, you were signed, you signed to Rough Trade um, on the day after the, the Brexit vote. Um, mm. I mean, I'm, I certainly know that was a very bad day for me. Um, you know, I don't know your political feelings, but I would, I mean, I'm guessing I wouldn't, have you down as Brexiteers anyway. <laughs> what was it what was it like that combination of emotions that that day? It was very surreal. We also had a gig that day. Oh that must have been tough. It was like just yeah some like roller coaster of a day just didn't really know how to feel. Yeah um, it's weird it's kind of like that's everything we've been working towards is like getting a record deal with like one of our favorite labels. <laughs> um and then getting it signing it <laughs> just like kind of crying because <laughs> the world is done to shit <laughs> and like we, yeah we played a gig and like no one really wanted to speak to each other because everyone was just so <laughs> devastated and it was a, bit, a very bittersweet day but I mean I think we'd already known for a while that we were going to sign to Rough Trade so it wasn't like that day it was made apparent that we are now signed mm -hmm. like it, it was a long time coming but yeah, it was like um like last year we um played a gig the day after the general election as well, and that was just like I just I felt so shit, and like everyone was just like in really weird space because we'd like sort of stayed up all night as well, just like drowning our sorrows, and then like pretty much all of us like all of our friends as well were all playing this gig, and then yeah it's just very weird atmosphere but definitely playing I was like I need to play the drums I need to like let some energy out and then after yeah, that I was like yeah, okay yeah. it's a bit better now <laughs> I think also like both of those gigs that we played we sang the song Scum which is kind of again mm. the Tories um and it's it was just like very kind of um just felt good to sing that song <laughs> it's quite therapeutic mm. to really shout those words What was the audience like those those nights? Because I can't I, I can't imagine again I can't imagine wanting to go to a gig to you know go to a mm. gig that night. 
Um, and but did they get into it in the end? Was it really hard to sort of? Yeah, I mean, I think with the one recently, like with the general election results, um, that was like a lineup made up of like loads of people that knew each other and like friends, and it was also raising money for Lewisham Food Bank. So it was all for a good cause. And I think that's what people actually really needed after such a devastating outcome was to know that there is still hope and community spirit and um, music is one of those things that can also help people get through like really bad times. Um, yeah, and so it felt quite powerful. The vibe was quite like good in a way. Like it was kind of weird. It was like, obviously everyone was really like fucking angry, but then everyone got really drunk and just fucking went for it. <laughs> I mean, when, when you write songs, do they typically come from being happy or being sad or strong emotion, or is it more like, I, I don't know, inspiration strikes? Mm, I think it depends. It's like, yeah, I guess most songs kind of originate from like a core feeling inside of you, but also, I don't know, stemmed from different kind of influences, like from different things that you've watched, art that you've seen, um, like, I don't know, like the influences for lyrics and the mood of a song can come from so many different areas. But I think initially you have to be like invested in the thing that you're talking about. And that investment comes from like an emotion that you feel around it, you know? So it has to be from like you feeling anger or excitement or something. Right? <clears throat> um, I wanted to ask as well, um, in a slightly indulgent fashion, um, uh, you supported The Fall, um, a legendary band, one of, kind of my favourite <laughs> bands as well. What was it like? I mean, did they come backstage? Did, you, did they say hello? Were they nice? Were they...? Um, we didn't really... Uh, we played with them like, a few times because we did one at The Forum as well and one in Manchester, I think. But then we did that one, yeah, at the 100 Club. Um, I didn't see any of them, but then apparently Marky Smith was like listening to us from the dressing room or something. And then he did, um, uh, what he, he did that like Fred Perry thing where it's like a sort of like interview thing. And then yes. it's like, oh, your favorite songs right now. And then it was like Rihanna, um, um and country sleeves by us <laughs> and they're just like what <laughs> well look it's been really really kind of you um taking the time today i've really appreciated it um thank you just one one thing um i'm thinking of uh a song to play out with um do you have a favorite song from the album or is that like sort of like asking your, your child. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is like that, yeah. Um, I really love Bang. That one I really love. Yeah. I like Bang. I like all of them. My favourite is <laughs> probably Jazz in the supermarket and Where Do We Go From Here. Why so, Bang? I mean, you both went for that one quite quickly. I really yeah. love that song. I don't know. I think it's just, it's just such a banger. <laughs> it's like so... <laughs> an unsuspecting bagger like it doesn't really it's quite different to other goat girl stuff i feel it's um, also like really fun to play yeah it's really fun to play mm. well let's hope sometime soon uh people can actually see you you playing it mm. yeah <laughs> i hope so 2021
2020. <laughs> but look, thanks so much. I mean, the new album's really, really great. Um, oh, thank you. And a real step on. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Thanks very much and uh, good luck. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope to play Primavera one day. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Can't... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, nice to meet you. Pleasure. Bye. RPS. Powered by Seattle.